The places we live, our cultures, and overall experiences shape who we are. In this podcast, I dig deeper into the parts that make our intricate selves. No matter where we go in our lives, wherever our futures may bloom, our fruits still grow from the ground we were planted upon. I'm Fal Maloney. Welcome to Roots. Today, I had the pleasure to talk to Rob. He lives on his family's croft in the Highlands of Scotland. Hey Rob, so thank you so much for joining me today. It's a pleasure to be here. The sun is out for its one afternoon a year. I'm, I'm in a good mood. <laughs> What's the temperature there now? About 64 Fahrenheit. 64, and that's considered hot for you there? Uh, yeah, that's, that's like a nice sunny evening, you know, out, out on the lawn, uh, yeah. sipping a lemonade, you know, something like that. So then, yes, tell us a little bit more about where you live, the Highlands. What, what, what do you want to know? There's so much. <laughs> you know, I never had the chance to travel there, so how I imagine it is rolling green hills. Is that true? Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not all rolling. Um, in fact, I was up um, this Sunday, I was up uh, Ben Nevis, the tallest mountain uh, in the British Isles, uh, and it's in the Highlands of Scotland, and it's... It's pretty rocky. Uh, <laughs> not so much, not so much green rolling hills. Oh, okay. Well, I guess I just learned something new. So I'd love to learn more about the locals, or would you say people of the Highlands? Yeah, pe- people's quite a quite a strong word to use for the uh, inhabitants of the Highlands. There, uh, uh, a lot of them seem more like half people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. no. We like our. Um, we're quite fond of self-deprecating humor in Scotland, so we we, we like to take the uh, take the mick. We, we we like to make fun of ourselves, but as soon as anyone else makes fun of us, we get very defensive. In terms of the Highlands, well, first of all, I'd say the Highlands is quite different. There's two regions in Scotland. There's the Highlands and the Lowlands, uh, as you can probably imagine. Going along the sort of middle of the country is what's called the Great Glen, so it's a big valley. Uh, where you'll find your Loch Ness, um, uh, City of Inverness, Ben Nevis, Tallest Mountain, loads of beautiful places. And it kind of divides the two cultures, historically, at least. So the Highlands is Gaelic, um, so it's got that Irish influence, you know, the, the, the Celtic. And you can hear right. it in the act. Yeah, you can hear it in the accent, uh, in the music and the food. Uh, whereas the Lowlands has, uh, is Scots, um, so it's more Germanic more in line with England and there's again that difference in culture and stuff so I mean, that's that's one thing about the people we've got uh, this kind of Gallic influence in terms of the people on a day-to-day basis ah, they're they're all right <laughs> we're not <laughs> we're, we're quite modest um when it comes to uh describing ourselves we're uh no need to be modest let's hear the best qualities the worst qualities probably not the best for a podcast but we also tend to be quite quiet uh <laughs> really yeah yeah um okay. it's, it's it's rare to find the a chatty highlander we're all quite do you know the word doer, doer. seeming yeah seeming quite introverted and grim when, when we see americans we think oh my word they're so sunny they're so smiley big smiles like everything's amazing <laughs> and optimistic in scotland it's it's 
it's pushing down with rain and you're just you keep yourself to yourself wow well honestly i never pegged you as someone as an introvert <laughs> or yeah. an extrovert so i'm screaming inside every time i speak to another person yeah but uh you get a drama whiskey in us and we'll be the warmest souls in the world so there okay you so you just gotta get the alcohol and the scottish i uh, pretty much that's yeah that's, that's why we start drinking so early you know it gets uh what it's is good, good for socializing uh, right, so to actually buy alcohol, it's 18. To have, I think you can have like a, a not so strong alcohol, so like wine or beer uh, with a meal in a restaurant with your parents from the age of 14, I think. 14? Yeah. And, but I mean, people, people start underage. The legal age for underage drinking is uh, 11 or so. Well, no, uh, 13. So in middle school, you were able to already have a pint of beer. Well, well, no, you're, you're not legally allowed, but people do it. Uh, <laughs> it's socially accepted. Well, it, it's turned a blind eye to you. Um, okay. I mean, uh, we, we don't actually have middle school. That's... Uh, really? We, we just have... Primary, which is elementary, uh, seven years of that, and then uh, high school. So you have your your school for twelve year olds up to eighteen year olds, and that's, that's probably the reason why there's more underage drinking, I'd say, um, in Scotland or well, in in Britain in general, is because mixing the older students with the younger ones. Right, that must be uh, so strange to have like a twelve year old running around as you're like basically an adult. It's annoying. Yeah. Especially when you especially when you're the eighteen year old. So yeah, all these tiny imagine. <laughs> yeah, tiny midgets crowding around you. It's just no Yeah. I mean I mean I'm I'm holding back right now. If you want me to swear, I mean hey, it's sort of, you know what? You're welcome to. It's not rated PG thirteen on the show, so Hell fucking yes, boys. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Woo! That's one uh well, you just get me I'm one chocolate milkshake down and uh, the sugar's flying. I'm getting them. You're getting Get that sugar high. I'm getting that sugar high. I'm feeling like blaspheming. It's just <laughs> wow, wow, fucking amazing. <laughs> Can't fucking wait. Now, um, I, another thing about the Highlands is that the F word is is sort of used as a used as a light seasoning for pretty much every sentence you'll find. Really? So. What is yeah, like yeah. a huge swear then? Because here, if you say fuck, it's like oh, you must be angry. So, like, how can you <clears throat> tell when someone's angry or having a good time then? Yeah, it's it's funny the, the American. Uh, well, 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 it seems funny to us the American attitude to swear in, in in Scotland. It's more tone. Like you can tell if a person's angry and the way they use their sentences, and it's more about body language rather than the words themselves. Because okay. the, the attitude to swearing here is is very relaxed. Like the c word is used as a term of endearment. Like you're very shocking to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's a bit like um, it's the same in Australia and Ireland. We we have quite a quite a casual attitude towards it. Swears just chill, you know. It's just the way you speak. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, that's good to know. So then, it's mm-hmm. nothing against you. It's just the endearment of it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, don't get me wrong. We still we still use the c words like to cause offense but you wouldn't say it to your local minister or something like that you know but um, i would hope not yeah <laughs> well depends how angry you are actually but uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> what is religion like then in scotland is it highly catholic what can you tell me a little bit more about it 
so Scotland is is actually one of the least religious countries in Europe. I think it's really? over half the population are either atheistic or just non-religious. Um, okay. It's primarily, we have a long history of sectarianism, so Protestant versus Catholic. So for most of our country's history, we've had um, this problem, this conflict between Protestants and Catholics. Yeah, so the country sort of flicked back and forth between them. Uh, it was obviously Catholic for a long time before the, the Reformation. And then Protestantism was kind of seen as a lowland thing. Uh, you mind though saying the lowlands, the, the south. And Catholicism was uh, a highland thing, a northern thing. And it played very prominently in the, the Jacobite rebellion. And then later on in the uh, 19th century, when a lot of Irish Catholics moved to Glasgow, uh, the biggest city in Scotland, there was a lot of sectarian conflict, uh, a lot of violence, um, uh, but it, it, it's sort of boiled over now and religion is it, it's seen as a dying breed uh, by a lot of young people at least um, it's still still practiced in well especially in the islands so Scotland has a lot of islands on its west coast and they are you know they still observe the sabbath so there are no businesses open on a Sunday uh, uh, and okay no public transport everyone just stays indoors but the rest of Scotland's yeah it's it's pretty it's moving away from religion I'd say is folklore still kind of a thing amongst Scottish people? Like, I know, um, referring to Outlander, the fairies okay. and whatnot, such as that, you know, <laughs> put sheep's blood on the doorstep before some, I don't know. You know what? <laughs> What's that? I actually have no idea, but what? stuff like that. Like, what, little... what, what have you been learning off Outlander? What's that? <laughs> What's that show been fucking telling you? I'm a bit like I'm a bit worried because not a single person in Scotland watches that show. So I'm worried really? that they're gonna Yeah, so I'm I'm worried that they're gonna tell you like we have a tradition of shoving fucking I don't know, socks on our heads and dancing around a birch tree <laughs> on the thirtieth of May or some shit like that. No, I mean it could be. Honestly, I honestly don't know your uh, uh what? traditions. <laughs> But, yeah, if you could just elaborate on that. Do people still believe in superstitions? Well, I mean, you know, you've got your... You've got your day-to-day -day superstitions, like don't open an umbrella inside. I know there's a lot of people like that. Um, but what you mean, like, the sort of all the, all the myths and fairies and monsters and shit like that? Yeah, like, obviously, the Loch Ness Monster is very prominent here. You said it was in the lower... No, 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 Loch Ness Monster is in the Highlands. It's, it's near me. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Do you still believe in that till this day, or is that... Uh, I believe in it as a very profitable tourist trap, but as, <laughs> as an actual monster, pro probably not. I will say it, it's a tremendously deep loch, and they've never explored it. Um, explored most of it so Loch Ness has got twice the amount of water than all the lakes in England and Wales combined oh my god so in terms of freshwater Scotland has about 90% of the United Kingdom's freshwater yeah a huge amount like a ridiculous amount of lochs and Loch Ness is huge uh, so th there could be something at the bottom it might just be <laughs> it, it might just be a I don't know an abandoned refrigerator or something like that but it could be a right. monster you never know. Yeah.
No, I remember as a kid, I actually believed in the Loch Ness Monster when I first heard the story, so... As long as you believe in it, it's real Fallon. I used to work in a cafe next to the loch and you've no idea how many. <laughs> really? Okay, so tell us then, where do you work? So at the moment I work in a cafe in, in Inverness, in the city nearby. But there's a village on the shores of Loch Ness called Drum the Droche, um, which is sort of the centre for the Loch Ness Monster. Like there is a Loch Ness Monster centre and they do loch cruises and stuff like that. Yeah, we used to get like big coach loads of Americans uh, <laughs> coming in and asking. Yeah, yeah, and we just say, yeah, yeah, it's real. Now, now buy our buy our stuff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So in terms of the folklore, went on a tangent there. Um, I mean, we know a lot of people know the stories. Like, I, I, I wouldn't say many sort of believe in it or practice any customs. And actually, come to think of it, it is. I say a lot of people know the stories, but it's not no, it's not really being passed down as much. Um, it's really just in small rural communities that you'll find people who know about, you know, uh, the 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 fairies and the uh, selkies and kelpies and um, uh, all all the old tales. Um, in the cities, it's not it's sort of moved away from those traditions. Uh, you'd ask a kid there, and they'd have no idea what you're talking about. Right. So it's definitely in the more rural areas where people really hear the stories anymore. Uh, aye, aye. Uh, it's, yeah, the, the rural areas tend to be more traditional. They're, they're the ones that tend to be more closer to the old Scotland. Um, All right. And are you, you said you live on a farm, correct? Uh, a croft. I live on a croft. Right. right. Okay. So it's a smaller, self-sustaining farm, correct? Ex- exactly that. God, you, you've got a good memory. Thank you. You've Thank done you. well. Um, tell us then, what do you have on your croft? Uh, we have got uh, potatoes or tatties, as we like to call them. Um, horses, chickens, uh, about sort of eight acres of land. Uh, a sizable bog, which is lovely for getting water in your shoes, and various other vegetables. <laughs> wow, okay, so definitely you never sell any of the food that you grow, correct? Yeah, yeah, exactly. What are your favorite kind of movies then, or music? Ooh, uh, I mean, I, I'd say my kind of music is not, not too mainstream. Um, that's right. I'm I'm one of those edgy hipsters who's <laughs> irritating everyone by knowing a band that no one else has heard of. That's a lie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, so I I personally listen to sort of more classic rock like um, Zeppelin and the Beatles and Floyd and that. But in terms of what's most popular, well, we don't have country. Uh, That's a good thing. A... You should be blessed for that one. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you say so. If you say so. Yeah. yeah all, Old Town Road was at the top of the charts for the. I'm trying to think what's most popular. Sort of just your kind of generic studio produced pop these days, kind of EDM. Um, there are there are a lot of bands that don't make it across to you guys or aren't as big. Do you know Arctic Monkeys? I do actually. Yes. Oh, there you go. Uh, yeah, they're they're, they're pretty big. Oh, you shouldn't ask me. Balan, don't ask me about music, all right? I, I get roasted by my friends all the time because I, I have no fucking clue. 
You got different tastes. No, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I just don't. Most people listen to um. So you know we have the BBC, the the British Broadcasting Company, but they have a radio station called BBC Radio One, which most young people I'd say would listen to, and it's it's just what's at the top of the charts. So you know you're Billie Eilish and um whoever else, <laughs> Louis Capaldi. I was actually just gonna ask you about that. Oh, God. Capaldi. Um, <laughs> what part of Scotland is he from? I know he's from Scotland. I... But... See, I used to think it was Glasgow, so that's that's in the Lowlands. But I think he might actually be from Edinburgh, you know, the capital city. Um, really? Okay. Uh, he's got a sort of Glaswegian accent. Uh, we have, sorry, I should have said, so we've got the Highlands, we've got the Lowlands, and then we have what is called the Central Belt. So it's kind of a strip, uh, a geographic strip, which contains five out of the seven of Scotland's cities. And it's mostly made up of motorways and housing. It's like the urban strip and must be over half the population is in this one sort of strip. So uh, he's from somewhere in there in the central belt. <laughs> yeah, no, because I was always curious about that. He has, God, such a beautiful voice. I mean. Yeah. 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 Um, but you actually, you did sing an original song for me last time. It was about oatmeal, I believe. Yeah. So uh, porridge, we call it porridge. Oh, uh, porridge. Oat. Okay. Yeah. Oatmeal in the oatmeal in the States. Right. And it's Gaelic is also used to be at least mostly spoken in Ireland. So I can definitely see how it influenced the Highlands because obviously you both speak it. Well, I mean, it, it used to be spoken in, in all of Scotland. Um, oh, there's a whole long history behind it. Uh, so over time, this language called Scots, which is sort of a sister language to English, developed in the very south of Scotland and it kind of spread northwards um, up to this highland-lowland divide and more people were speaking English because it became the international language of trade uh, in the sort of 17th century and then after the Jacobite rebellion there was massive suppression of Gaelic. A lot of people actually kind of gave it up because English was you know the language of trade and English was supposedly the smart language and the civilized language. It's funny I used to think Gaelic was a dead language uh, that was the attitude of my school amongst the youth everyone sort of went uh it's stupid why are you learning that but now i've kind of come to see it as an important part of our heritage that i think should be preserved oh, absolutely all right we learn we learn a lot of um so we often have visiting gaelic singing teachers uh which is how i know a few songs and we have this kind of big i won't say festival it's like a it's like a one week I get, yeah, it's sort of like a one-week music course, Gaelic music course that a lot of people in the Highlands go to called Fish Ross. Yeah, where like kids from all around the Highlands come together and they, they learn Gaelic songs and learn to play them. Wow. Yeah. So, and you went to one of those? I didn't, but my mate did go. Uh, he played the mandolin, I think. I don't know. Okay. Weird instrument. Yeah, I, I don't know how that fits into a Gaelic song. but <laughs> Would yeah, you mind I mean, singing it? Oh, what, a, a, a Gaelic song or... Ugh, I'll just do the porridge one. That's the only one I actually kind of, okay, actually kind yeah. of know. Is it alright if we post this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay. I, I want to start a band in university, so this is this is a good start. Oh, all right. Well, hopefully this helps publicize you. Yeah, get the American audience before I've got the yeah. Scottish one. Yeah. <laughs> Louis Capaldi style. Yeah. Right, okay.
Broken lamb, tan a lamb, broken lamb, a soon. Broken lamb, tan a lamb, broken lamb, a soon. Broken lamb, tan a lamb, broken lamb, a soon. Broken lamb, shatan a lamb, shat broken lamb, a soon. Broken tan it, tan it, tan it, broken lamb, a soon. Broken tan it, tan it, tan it, broken lamb, a soon. Broken tan it, tan it, tan it, broken lamb, a soon. Broken lamb, shatan a lamb, shat broken lamb, a soon. That is so cool, you know. Gaelic songs and that they still teach it to you, which is great because, like you said, it's a huge prominent part of your culture and that shouldn't really die down. If you ever go to Scotland, uh, most of the place names are from Gaelic. So if you know Gaelic, you know what the place name means. Yeah, the literal translation. So every time you see an inver, uh, like an inverness, it means the mouth of the river, uh, oh. which is. I think with language, um, Given that Gaelic is the historic language and it was spoken by the people of Scotland for hundreds of years, language uh, evolves and is created to reflect an environment and the people's relationships to that environment. So say with the Inuits, how they have, I don't know, I think it's like 30 words for snow. I'm not sure if that's an urban myth or not, but Whoa. it's because they see that, I, 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 I don't know, uh, it's just, I'm not sure if it's true. The example is that they see their environment in a different way and they view the world in a different way based on how they've learned to survive in their unique surroundings. So when it comes to Gaelic, it's the language that was made for Scotland, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, that makes complete sense because it's obviously, I get what you mean. There's certain words in other languages that we don't even have in English. Aye, aye, exactly. Yeah. Aye, aye, uh, exactly that. What are some spots you recommend people go to eat, to go drink? Overall places that you find are true to the Scottish culture. Well, I mean, if you ever come to Scotland, yeah. So the Edinburgh's, Edinburgh is the city of Scotland. It's like our New York. It, it's not the biggest one, but it's the capital. And it's sort of the cultural city. It has the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, which is the largest music festival in the world. Um it's got a castle. You just mean like places to go in Scotland in general? How do you know if it's real Scottish food? How can you differentiate the two? Well, you, you get sort of olden style restaurants. I'd say just explore the sort of the smaller streets in town, the quieter streets, walk away from the high streets. Um, we're very famous for our seafood. So in general, anywhere you go with seafood will be good good seafood uh it's not really yeah it's not really a bad spot i mean most people will just have fish and chips but you can also get all all kinds of different uh fish dishes what are some then famous fish dishes that you know of that are scottish so there is cullen skink which is a highland dish it's sort of a you know chowder yeah yeah it's like that but with a smoked fish so it's kind of a smoky creamy fish soup um Ooh, that sounds good. which yeah it is really nice actually if you go to the west coast especially you can just get it uh in a takeaway cup and just sit on the beach and it's amazing there's also our bro smokies which are a unique type of smoked haddock which you get on the east coast uh they're also supposed to be very nice um scampi which is langoustine i think it's sort of a type of lobster and you often get that deep fried with with chips which in Scotland, are French fries. So another fun fact. And of course, for other dishes, you've got your haggis. You've got um, 
Oh, I'm trying to think. Stovies. So if you ever go to what we call a Kaylee, which is a traditional dance night, we have traditional music, traditional dances, very drunken, very violent, very fun. <laughs> You'll often get served what are called stovies, which is sort of a meat and potato stew. It's it's kind of mashed up, so I don't know how to describe it. It's like if you got mashed potatoes and mixed them with really, really, really tender beef. Uh, but you also get vegan ones too. That sounds uh, so good. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's amazing after a long night. Of course, you've also got to try the full Scottish breakfast, um, which is, if I remember right, bacon, sausages, toast, tomatoes, mushrooms, haggis, black pudding, which is like a blood sausage, uh, white pudding sometimes, which is a bone sausage and tatty scones which are like potato pancakes we're big fans of meat and potatoes <laughs> okay no, that, that's understandable i get it which isn't the easiest well actually um it's funny because i lived in the uh, so i lived in switzerland for a couple of months and being a vegan in scotland is far easier than being a vegan in europe uh, well, continental Europe, largely because of chains like McDonald's and KFC and Subway uh, and big supermarket chains that have introduced all these sort of fashionable vegan brands, mm-hmm. which is, yeah, it's interesting. Like there's not, if you ever go to France, they're very defensive about their food and their cuisine and fast food is looked down upon, whereas in Scotland, it's, we've become quite Americanized. Yeah, right, you, right. You'll, you'll find a McDonald's anywhere you go, but it's allowed for movements like veganism to take the mainstream which uh, I'm quite happy about. <laughs> of course, yeah. How long have you been a vegan for? Uh, so a year and a half now, although I was vegetarian for about two years before that. That's awesome uh, to have that, like to be able to tell yourself that, like you can't have the egg, <laughs> you can't have the milk. That's good for you. <laughs> like, to have Look, straight. I, as long as I can still drink whiskey, I'm, I'm happy. You're happy. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, you can't have milk with your cereal, but you can have whiskey with your cereal. So there you go. Who gives, yeah. who gives a fuck, you know? That's true. That's, That's true. Just out of curiosity, an American accent, does it annoy the Scottish people? I mean, it just depends, I think, how, how strong it is. Some of, some of the words, like, um, especially in hospitality, when American asks for uh, zucchini or cilantro, um or eggplants it kind of we get very pissed off uh, how do you say it well zucchini is a courgette um okay and egg eggplant is an aubergine or an aubergine and cilantro is coriander so that is so cool i've never actually heard i've heard coriander before and i mean you guys have got so many accents though like it's, it's not just one right i know generic different um, different accents yeah, exactly. We quite like uh Oh, I, I I quite like the southern accents. You know, the sort of southern drawl. Mm-hmm. They're quite, they're quite uh, old timey. <laughs> What's your accent from again? Uh, so I've got a sort of a Indonesian accent. So the city I'm from. All right, and as you go out, I think we've talked. As you go out to the more countryside, it's definitely like you said, more older fashioned in the sense of. Yeah, yeah, more. Um, there's more of that kind of. Gallic lilt, that kind of Irish, it's softer, uh, especially as you go to the islands, which still, uh, so the Western islands of Scotland, they still speak Gallic on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, so when they speak English, they've got that Gallic lilt. Uh, Whereas when you go to the lowlands, like I said, it's got that Scots, it's got that Germanic uh, element to it, so it's harsher. So if you go to Glasgow, they're famously hard to understand. May need to take a little uh, 
a little blackboard and chalk when you go. Oh, yes, we will write it down to each other. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then going off of, you know, stereotype, stereotypical, in a sense, hopefully that does not offend, um, kilts. <laughs> Do you, are you wearing your kilt currently? I'm wearing it in spirit. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, no, no, I'm not wearing my kilt currently. We usually, okay. my brother gave a very good example. The kilt is kind of like a, it's kind of like a tuxedo okay. in Scotland. So obviously you'd wear it at a wedding or um, or a Kaylee, like I was saying, the traditional dances, or maybe a Highland gathering or a sp- particular celebration. Uh, but at the same time, you wouldn't, if you saw someone wearing it on, say, a night out, like you saw someone just wearing it on the street, you wouldn't bat an eye. Like you wouldn't really care. Like I said, it's normal in the same way as if you saw someone in a tuxedo on the street. Like, yeah, like tuxedos, you're like, oh, they're going out to somewhere fancy. Yeah, yeah, but you probably wouldn't. Um, you probably wouldn't wear it yourself or something casual, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, you said for your brother's wedding, you had to wear a kilt, correct? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So we all, uh, all the groomsmen wore sort of matching um, uh, ghillie shirts. So that's the shirt that accompanies the shirt that accompanies the kilt, and matching socks as well. So it was all black. That's so cool. I have to ask: Does it get itchy? Yeah, a bit, but you get used to it. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Well, I mean, it's it's rough wool. Okay. Uh, but uh, that's why we have such hairy legs to kind of act as a buff. <laughs> oh, I see. I see. All right. <laughs> And is it true then that no one wears anything underneath? It depends how drunk you are. Um, really? So, oh. <laughs> well, me and my brother started. Me and my, I've, I've got two brothers. Uh, the eldest one was getting married, and uh, the elder one, the middle one, uh, was with me as groomsman. So we started the wedding with uh, with boxers on and ended it without. Uh, to be honest, it's a Scottish wedding, so they were probably expecting it anyway. Okay. All right. No. Yeah. <laughs> um. So then, can I ask what a typical wedding is here in America? I haven't really gone to many American weddings, but I feel like the Scottish style of wedding seems just so much more family orientated. I don't well, know. Well, my neighbors had their wedding in their garage, which was probably the best one I've ever been to. Okay. Because just sort of everyone in the village got invited to their garage and it was Hawaiian themed I think so everyone had hula skirts and we just got drunk um fun yeah (laughs) I mean you usually have a Kaylee afterwards um with traditional music and dancing lots of whiskey I'm trying to think what else you know standard white dress the groom normally wears a kilt don't normally have a bagpiper or anything like that that's more for for funerals uh in terms of the meal, I guess you might have your traditional Scottish foods, um, like your haggis, but also roasted roasted game birds or stuff like that, uh, and your stovies for the Kaylee and oat cakes and uh, cheeses and whatever. But family oriented, families are invited. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean everyone gets very drunk, so maybe not too family oriented, but um, <laughs> I, I, I guess. <laughs> Right. And is it typical? I mean, here the bride dances with her dad and the groom dances with his mom and they dance together. Is that like a thing there? Uh, no. The first dance is usually just the groom and the bride and they'll have rehearsed before. Groom gives a speech, the best man gives a speech, and the father of a bride gives a speech. So still very patriarchal there. Usually... I'd say church weddings are still more common 
Um, the whole humanist thing is is catching on, but definitely a lot of people have ministers and stuff. How old then? So, so how old is your brother? Just out of curiosity. So he is. He'll be turning thirty next year. Okay, so yeah, so it's basically like the same age, like here when you get married. I know in some uh, cultures it's older. It's it's way young. You, you know what I mean? It's just different age. Well, I will. I will say it's um, the marriage age is getting older here. Like, it used to be you married in your early 20s. Uh, I mean, you can get married in Scotland from 16. Yeah, it's really the past few generations the marriage age has got older. Wow, okay. And what is dating okay. life like in Scotland? <laughs> Probably pretty similar to the American style. Um, but yeah, sorry, in, in terms of high school dating, so so we have what are called hall parties, Um or we used to anyway before they got banned, uh, <laughs> which is usually during the winter months when someone will rent a hall, and presumably for some charitable purpose, but really just to invite about a few hundred teenagers. And um, that and... sounds pretty fun. I mean, <laughs> yeah, um, right. And what university are you going to? So I'm going to Edinburgh, the big city, uh, okay. the capital. And I'll be studying politics and philosophy. Although it is going to be different, what with COVID. That's going to be very different. Is this your first year in college then? Yeah, yeah. So we normally take um, we normally take a gap year. Well, no, actually not. That's, that's not true. A lot of people take gap years, uh, sabbaticals. But a lot of people just go straight ahead. And also, it's funny you use the word college because we, I'm not sure if it's the same in the States, but we differentiate between a college and a university. They're quite different things. Oh, really? Yeah. So universities like your higher education institute, whereas a college is sort of more, I don't know how to put this, it's more kind of practical skills. Like you wouldn't really get a degree at a college. You'd probably get more like you, you do courses in, say, stuff like hairdressing or or chefing or, or, or more jobs that you find out in the real world, less academic, if you know what I mean. Oh, I see. Okay, and university is more, like you said, of the philosophy. Yeah, or law, or medicine, or whatever. Um, oh, okay. College, a lot of people, instead of doing their final year of high school, go to college. Are you yeah. rooming then? Are you boarding? Or are they not allowing that? Uh, right, so we have what are called halls of residence, which everyone does in first year. And they're sort of the university-owned flats. And that's, just everyone does it um every new student does it for about a year and that's where you'll meet a lot of people in your halls of residence you'll just get assigned to a flat sort of flat an apartment of uh say four people round about okay uh, and you just spend a year with them and then after that you're sort of expected to uh to find your own accommodation so normally in your first university uh, year of university, after you find friends, uh, either on your course or in your in your halls of residence or in societies, so like clubs, um, you usually rent a flat with them. So you go out and find yourself accommodation. Oh, okay, interesting. Well, Rob, thank you so much for coming on this show. I feel like I learned a lot more about Scotland and a lot more about your roots. It's been lovely to be here. It's been an absolute pleasure. Okay, so just to recap, to my surprise, Scotland's not all rolling hills. As Rob corrected me, there are pointy parts too. Gaelic had been Scotland's original language amongst the people. 
however, sadly drifted away and has been replaced with English. To many of the Scots, the Loch Ness Monster is a myth, but all agree it's a profitable tourist attraction. And kilts are still prominently worn on special occasions. As Rob explained, in fact, kilts are worn with nothing underneath. My name's Fallon, and thanks for listening to Roots.